0: It's extra drama for book number 27, Love Struck. I am your host, Marissa Flaxbart, and with me again is Molly McKellar. Hello. Hello. That sounded very radio-like, right? I'm getting the, oh, the rhythm can. of this down. You got it. It's golden. Um, we were mentioned in our main episode last week, something called a poetry night, a poetry reading, reading night.
1: Yeah. It was something organized by Suzanne mm-hmm. for, at the
0: school. And I, so I would say, there's no way for you to have known this, but that the poetry reading was introduced in the previous book oh, okay. actually as a way to quickly and succinctly describe the sort of snob that Suzanne Hamlin was. Okay. Which makes me a little sad as someone who likes and yeah. in fact loves poetry. And Elizabeth's reaction to getting a phone call from Suzanne inviting her to read something, read a piece at this poetry night, uh, is that... She thinks the whole thing is a little bit too highbrow for Sweet Valley High.
1: I was a little shocked that they were having a poetry reading at a high school.
0: Well, is it at the high school or is it like in their living room or something?
1: But I felt like she was reaching out to kids from their school. Definitely.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. So I
1: couldn't quite tell from me just reading it It as like this random thing. I didn't know where it was set up or not. That... I thought it was an event that she organized through school, and that's just because the people who read were her classmates.
0: It definitely, if it were just at her house, like how would everybody have gotten there? There's this funny line though, even now that the poetry reading is actually happening, where Elizabeth observes that there's a pretty good turnout. Yeah. And she wondered if maybe she was wrong about the town of Sweet Valley or if it was just that it was Wednesday night and there's nothing else to do. I had to laugh about that.
1: Yeah. I also love that, they, didn't she describe them sitting in like a semicircle so you
0: could see everybody? It's The whole thing sounds like, oh, here, oh. The Literary Evening, which is another thing they call it. Oh, Lord. Which I, a literary evening <laughs> does sound a little highbrow that for Sweet true. Valley High or any high school. Yeah. It was being held in a small wood-paneled room off the library at the high school. So, you're totally right. For some reason, this time through, I was picturing it in this bizarre room that gets described in the book. It's... A room in the Hanlon house that Ken gets escorted into. Oh, yeah, with the
1: paintings. Yeah, everything.
0: where everything is white except yes. for the abstract paintings brightly colored on the wall. And it just feels so 80s to me. Recently, I saw, I wish I could remember what account it was, but somebody on, um, it might have been like Neon Talk, on Instagram posted a bunch of IKEA catalogs from like the different years in the 80s. And wow. And I bet that was... Some of them were amazing, and some of them were, like, so, like, ugly in a way where it's hard for you to wrap your mind around this ever-seeming fashionable. Yep. Like, kind of weird sort of calico-printed couches. Yeah. And, uh, in, like, a brown room.
1: (laughs) Brown carpet, brown this, brown that, yeah.
0: Yeah, but this was a white room with abstract paintings on the wall. But that's not where it was held.
1: Yeah, it was held in <coughs> school, and it seemed as if the people there were kind of the people who were more like Suzanne and
0: less like Elizabeth. Yes. But another thing that I do love about this, because I don't think there's anything wrong with having a poetry reading in no, high no, school. no, not at all. I think it's a fun idea. And... There's part of me that bristled a little bit, I guess as I referenced before, at the idea that this alone would somehow reveal Suzanne to be some kind of terrible snob. But I think what reveals her personality more than anything is that the quality of these poems seems very poor. But Suzanne is, like, so far up her own ass that she's just like, oh, it's so beautiful. Oh, everything is amazing. Like, the art, the art, you know? In particular, there was one young
1: woman who read a horrible
0: piece. And much to my delight, like, we didn't get to hear about the dead squirrel. Which is a shame. We didn't get to hear Elizabeth's poem or Winston Egbert, who read a series of amazingly funny short poems. Yeah. That reminds me, actually, that the one time I did stand-up that I was paid for, I was Mm. paid, like, $7 and a free beer. Hey. Part of my act consisted of me reading... Um, mean haikus, I think is what I <laughs> call them, <laughs> and I should have seen if I could find any of those to uh, to share with you. But I don't think they were really that funny. It was it was a noble effort. I used to host an open mic in Chicago. Oh, I okay. The, I, I hosted the Chicago Ladies in Comedy was an organization that I helped found actually oh, nice. in Chicago and so for a few years when we were all kind of in Chicago still yeah. and we sort of uh moved away and and the organization became its own thing um but for a while we were doing these um open mics and they were I was I would host them oh, which okay. was fun yeah And it was very fun. I mean, it was, like, really cool to get to host a a comedy open mic. And I didn't have to do the stand-up thing of always saying the same jokes. Like, in fact, I couldn't. Like, it wouldn't have made sense for me at every night to, like, do the same material. And also the pressure to actually be funny was very low as the host of an open mic. Uh, So because of that, someone, some dear soul, got the idea that I was a stand-up comic and... That I could be a part of their comedy showcase. You know what? I'm, I'm really being self-deprecating. It went fine. I was going to say, I'm sure it
1: went just fine. You're a very mm-hmm. funny person. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So,
0: Hopefully listeners agree.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do want to listen to some mean haikus. You should do some haikus of Sweet Valley High is what you should be
0: doing. Oh, that's a good idea. I remember that one of them, I think, was about Kendra... Who was a reality TV star at the time? This is a long time ago. I was like,
1: I don't even know who this is.
0: Okay, so all of that was a tangent because blissfully we do get to hear most of one poem in particular. Yes. And this was something that really stood out to me first read-through a number of years ago. If you want to read what I thought then, sweetvalleydiaries.net is the website. It's existed since 2006. And... May I read to you this passage, please? Rather than just reading the poem, I think I'm going to put in the context. Yeah, because I it think really, it sets it up. Yeah. Another senior, Joni Shreve's, was reading at the moment. Joni was dressed in black. She was reading a poem about the ghost of a woman named Daphne who had been murdered by her husband. Daphne sighed. Joni read in a passionate voice. As the world, a bright red apple split at the center, revealing a core that rained apple seed tears on the parched soil of her dreams. Elizabeth smiled as she took her eyes off the girl and let her gaze wander around the room. Ken and Suzanne were sitting together at the opposite end of the semicircle. Ken looked as if he shared Elizabeth's opinion about the poem. His face was a mixture of confusion and boredom. Elizabeth was secretly glad she hadn't caught his eye. She was sure that if they looked at each other, they would burst out laughing. Suzanne, however, hung on every word Joni read. She even gasped and nodded her head several times. Elizabeth worried privately about the two of them, especially Ken. He seemed to be devoted to Suzanne, and she seemed to feel the same way, but it appeared to Elizabeth that Suzanne was always trying to direct him. She seemed to be trying to change a lot of the best parts of Ken. And Elizabeth was afraid that Ken couldn't see it at all. Elizabeth refocused on Joni as the girl finished her poem. A life, her life, the blood, the warmth, like a baby with a bottle, the sun, the sun.
1: The end. The end. <laughs> I think I even purposely skipped over the part of the poem that was written. I'm like, this sucks and I just like <laughs> moved into Elizabeth's inner thoughts.
0: That must have been fun to write though. I feel like writing a bad poem would be fun.
1: It reminds me of a scene in Bob's Burgers, which is a great show, uh, where their Aunt Gail says their poetry and mm-hmm. it is very reminiscent of Yes. Joni's passage there
0: yes i know i do i remember <laughs> what you're what you're talking about
1: yeah no. oh
0: gosh and i when i say fun to write i don't mean fun for Joni. i mean fun for yeah um kate william exactly again air quotes don't work on a podcast but um yeah so it, it was poems
1: I did like, the at least it showed the good side of poetry, right? Like these clever poems or these little short poems or whatever poem yeah. Elizabeth read that was well-received. Yeah. And then also what gets lumped in with poetry are these horrible <laughs> things that, of what people think are poems yeah. or what works as a poem. Have you ever written any poetry? Yes. It's been a while since I've written it, but yes.
0: I love poetry and I like to write it, but I definitely have write enough bad poetry that there's a certain fear i think in yeah. that like well what if this is a motive in a way that's going to come off as being just silly
1: i think what's interesting about poems is you really are trying to articulate an idea in a very short well sometimes very short but sometimes very long um way like you're, you're trying to be clever with language yeah and i think so few people understand that poetry really is about the words that are being used and the patterns that they're being used in i tend to read good poetry i can't say i've read some bad poetry but maybe it's because i'm rather picky and only pick poetry books or collections of poems that have been thoroughly vetted by sure But a lot of the poems that I'm drawn to are these kind of visual story poems and less of these very abstract um, poems of, like, images or words of whatever Joni was trying to do there.
0: Right. Well, and actually, that's... Joni's poem... I think, gives a good example of what, because, I mean, bad poetry, good poetry, I mean, to a certain extent, it is a little bit like art where you talk about like bad and good, it's subjective. But I think one of the reasons why we can say that this poem feels objectively bad is because she's forcing in these metaphors that don't really make sense and they don't evoke anything other than laughter, like in, in Elizabeth.
1: Yeah, it was as if she was just sitting there and she's like, what things are red that are like blood? Mm-hmm. And what things are, you know, can be split in some sort of, right? Yeah, thing. There, she felt disconnected
0: from her poem. Sure, sure. That's a good point because, right? like, what things can metaphorically, like, the metaphor doesn't even really work. Like, Mm-mm. like when you think of something being split open, you don't think of an apple being yeah. split open. When you think of. um Apple seeds—you don't think of them raining down out of an apple. This is really more analysis of this poem than we need to be doing. Well, it does show to some extent the access that
1: a, I assume, middle-class, upper-middle-class, even very wealthy teenage girl would have as an understanding of murder and what that. images and thoughts and feelings would be related to that Mm -hmm. as opposed to someone who maybe had not experience with murder but knew someone who was murdered who have um violence in the home violence in their community might have a better way of expressing that and i think that sometimes especially when you're young and even now you should write what you know right like Mm -hmm. start where you know
0: yeah um I have been reading more poetry recently because I, and I guess, I was just reminded of how much I enjoy it. Um, I actually just finished this morning a book of poems by Mary Oliver, oh, who wonderful. I've been hearing a lot about recently. She passed away a few months ago. Remember you telling me about this book? And she, oh yeah, I bought it the day I saw yeah. you last. It was called Evidence. Um, I got it at the last bookstore in Los Angeles. Um, Great bookstore. And yeah, uh, it's just the poems. I mean, she writes a lot about nature. And I do think that she uses language cleverly, but I think what's so great about those poems is the way that they evoke an emotion. And I think that you can leave the poem feeling something that you didn't feel when you started. Yeah. About, not just, not about the poem, but about like the world. Yeah. Um, I also read some poetry recently by a poet I had not heard of until a friend of mine uh, mentioned him um, named Carl Dennis. And he... There are more, like, story poems. And uh, I just really was excited about that. Because rather than... I mean, the poems, they have a a certain meter to them that they retain within the poem. But, boy, uh, similarly, it's like it makes you feel a certain thing. It's like evoking a specific moment. And the way that, like, a good story, like Ken's story. Let's go back to... Going back to Ken's story. It was exciting that he was telling this, you know, tell all reveal of everything that happened. But I think the reason that a story like that, or the reason that people even say tell your own story is because when you put something forward that has details that are honest and specific, for whatever reason, other human beings see that truth And relate to it, even though it is not their story at all. It's very specifically someone else's story. It's like you see the humanity there, and somehow that evokes something in you. Yeah, I think... Which is how I feel about these poems, these Carlton's poems. Yeah,
1: I mean, good poetry does that. It gives you an image or an insight or the way that it flows or the sound of it that's why i always like to read poetry aloud actually
0: Mm. um oh you should have a literary evening exactly i should maybe we should have a literary evening we're not in high school so wine will always be involved
1: (laughs) (laughs) and uh you bring your favorite poem that you have read lately i have not alas have not read much
0: poetry as of late. oh i know this great poem by this fictional teenager named joni (laughs) oh really but what does the middle sound like? <laughs> I genuinely was not expecting to have a serious conversation about poetry in this bonus episode. I oh. thought we were just going to make fun of Joni. But we can I'm make very, fun of Joni. No, I, making fun of, time for making fun of Joni is over. I am thrilled that we talked seriously about poetry. Lovely. Um, Molly, thanks again for joining me. You're welcome. Listeners, uh, tune in next week to find out who Lynn Henry might possibly be. I'm excited. Until then... Uh, sweetvalleydiaries.net go check it out if you haven't seen it it is um, a a website that I made in 2006 it's actually changed a lot since I made it in 2006 but you know it's got stuff lots of good stuff Sweet Valley stuff you can track Elizabeth and Jessica yeah track track them you could even read ahead because I have recaps through book 50 First time. Through. And the podcast is housed there. Yeah. Um, all right. Thanks again. Bye. So that me miss
1: America? That's too funny. Yeah, that part was so painful. <laughs> Why would you talk? And then I'm like, this is what you go with? Okay. But that mm. would be, I guess, fun for the writer.
0: My favorite part of it is how it shows Suzanne to be. total fake. Yeah. Like she's just pretending to be. an intellectual. An intellectual. I mean, she has these intellectual interests, but I guess it just makes me feel like she's just playing at it, you know? Like, yeah. Like she wants to seem. I mean, which is a very. that was a very real thing, right? I mean. I'm sure, to a certain extent, I was like that as a high schooler.
1: Oh, I think everybody is when they're trying to figure out who they are,
0: what matters to them. Yeah. I'm trying to think of, I I wasn't, I mean, I would never have been cruel to people, I I hope, about my pretensions, but I think about it a lot now with music. Like, I did not listen to a ton of, like, pop music Mm -hmm. unless it was, like, ironically I don't know if you were like, but I definitely, a lot of the like hipster stuff that gets yeah. talked about now, when I think back on myself in like middle and high school, it's like I was really doing everything ironically <laughs> all the time. Used to blast new kids on the block in my, my minivan.